0: Welcome to Before You Go podcast, where I'm joined here with my partner, Jed Banders. And here we're talking about Before You Go, talking um, in reference to before you leave the church, considering some things, because we know that at times it can be very difficult and there's different issues that come up where you do, you're tempted to leave. And so today um, we want to start a two-part series on spiritual abuse.
1: And I'm really excited for us to talk about this. I mean, we um, definitely could spend six or eight sessions processing through this. Um, and, you know, in shows to come, we'll of course be tackling the topic again, but one of the things that shows up in our lives and in, in any type of, uh, situation, um, where we work or within the church, which is our uh, focus today, there are forms of abuse, um, in, in that people want to be, uh, whether intentionally or not controlling, um, and there's different forms of control, and that's not new. However, uh, w- we do want to state at the very beginning, we're not just recording this to point out ways that people um, experience abuse and uh, w- where where we want to make or give people reasons to leave the church. We want to really process through how this happens um, in people's lives and, and at the church in order to process through how we can receive healing in it because our goal is again not to um you know sling mud toward the church that's the bride of christ but our goal is to continue to deal with the topics that we experience and uh do the best we can to help people process through for healing so that we don't give up on the church alex would you want to add anything to that no,
0: that's definitely true that this isn't done to go back to your church and be like, wow, this is horrible, this is horrible, this is horrible and just have a list of reasons to leave but rather uh, to identify maybe in the past where you have been hurt and, um, and there's possibly like, bitterness towards God because of that but being able to acknowledge it, to name it and then uh, to bring it to God and work through it.
1: Mm-hmm. So that being said, uh, just really wanted to get into the topic at, at hand uh, as quick as possible. There's a, there's a way that we can, you know, look up definitions of words, um, but rather than looking up uh, maybe what Wikipedia has or Webster's Dictionary has for spiritual abuse, I mean, you, you could do that on your own listeners, but Alex, uh, how would you describe in your own words what spiritual abuse is? Yeah, no,
0: that's a uh, a great question. And I think it can be done in many different ways. And so it might be hard to to identify. And so I, I think of it more in pictures. And so when I think of spiritual abuse, I think of the opposite of what we see Christ doing with people. And and that can be um, different pictures. And I, I mean it in this way, because we do see Jesus compassionate towards people, but we also see them very stern and, and speaking some very strong words against others. And so there's um, context and situations play into this. And I know this is not giving you a good solid definition. Um, help, help clean this up for me, Jen.
1: Well, I liked actually the way that you were talking about the picture because sometimes it's not even, Well, so first of all, uh, I guess by definition, um, it's a form of control. Any type of abuse is a form of control. And it doesn't mean that someone is trying to be controlling to be malicious. um, But that's what, you know, if you experience that, that's a form of abuse. And so I think that, you know, first of all, the reason I like the picture is because sometimes we can't even put words to um, how we are are feeling or, or being treated as much as it's like a sense or it's a feeling or it's, um, you know, even uh, the prompting of the Holy spirit within us that helps us to see that, Hey, something doesn't seem right. It doesn't feel right. Um, You know, this just doesn't make sense. Uh, I, I should be uh, being, um, I don't want to say encouraged all the time because, you know, the Holy spirit doesn't only encourage believers, but when people who are in positions of leadership, suppress uh you know what's you know suppress um the work that god is doing within us then that's a form of abuse um you know the bible tells us to to build up the bible tells us to encourage the bible tells us to look for ways to incorporate or bring people into the church or the body of christ and so when when we are experiencing abuse, uh, spiritual abuse in some form, usually it leads to us feeling as though we're not good enough, or um, or we're not welcome, or um, here's here's uh, you know another area where you're failing. And someday, when you get uh, right with God in that capacity, then you'll be able to um, you know take on it more of a position of leadership or uh, some something else that's happening. So it's more difficult to define i think in the sense of it it's something that we experience um so we feel it and and we may know it's wrong but anyway so i don't know if i cleaned it up or if i made it muddier no i i like
0: what you said there towards the end well the whole thing but towards the end specifically um where it's the the sense of the person that spiritually should be using you kind of being elevated above you And there's sometimes always this vagueness. And so you can never really fall down on something like, okay, like, like a actual um, biblical confrontation. Like, Hey, Hey, I love you. I see this in your life and this specific sin. And so like, you need to repent of this and I'm here to help you compared to more spiritual abuse like just uh, these general words being used nothing specific and so you cannot really uh, make any kind of actual repentance and turn from it and, and ask forgiveness or make restitution or anything like that it's just you sit in this place of condemnation with no way to to be forgiven or to make anything right or to even seek forgiveness
1: so getting to the kind of the heart and, and I, um I think that was just a really good, you know, explanation of the condemnation that we're left feeling when there is spiritual abuse that's occurring. And, um you know, Alex, when I was uh, talking this through earlier with you, we we're talking about the pictures and the Pharisees and um, how this shows up in the new Testament. Uh, I know I want to, I want to definitely talk a little bit about that, but also then of course, how it shows up in the modern context of a church culture or, um, you know, a gathering with other Christians, how it can still show up. But one of the things that uh, we can do when we read through the new Testament is we can give the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the spiritual leaders, we can give them a bad rap um, because of the way that uh, Jesus had confrontations with them. However, historically when when Pharisees um, really kind of came about, it was because the goal was to help direct and guide God's people to obey the uh, some of the regulations, the Ten Commandments, um, the laws. The, there was a reason that they had come about, and it was with a very uh, good purpose to help God's people know God. But as we see over the course of time, and then we end up in the New Testament, we see that not only had the, the rules continued to grow, uh, the oppression continued, but they were not even directing people toward God anymore. They were actually hindering people from knowing God. So, Alex, I'm just thinking about uh, the way that the Pharisees uh, show up in the New Testament, and and what are some of the forms of abuse that we see um you know maybe in the new testament from the pharisees and i know i'm putting you on the spot but i guess kind of what i'm thinking is how the people were following uh the pharisees and uh the people were divided um you know in their in their allegiance between you know the pharisees and the sadducees like religion had actually divided the people rather than bringing them together rather than bringing them to god um and you know i i I guess it's a pretty open uh, question um, because I just really want to hear some of your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's good. Especially when you identified, um, it started out with good intentions where they saw how their forefathers were taken to captivity because they were not following God and keeping his law. And now they're like, we want to keep his law and make sure we don't do that again. And so like you're saying there, they put these extra, Uh, barriers, if you will, extra rules to not break it. And so we see the good intention, just like uh, nowadays, probably what turned into abuse, there was initially good intention. Um, But yeah, with the Pharisees, we see in the New Testament, we see, especially when Jesus um, calls them out, that they're laying these, these burdens on people and not helping them at all, referring to these extra rules that are not even God's commands, but they added to it they're adding this on them. And you get this picture of like weighing down a mule or something with just bag after bag after bag. And the, the mule is struggling and you just keep on throwing more on it and not helping. And I see that picture with the Pharisees where they're just condemning and, and putting down again with no, uh, no hope, no hope of forgiveness, no hope uh, of reconciliation at all with, with God or with uh, a person. Um in Matthew 23, that's where we get the the woes that Jesus says to the Pharisees, the, the condemnation, the judgment he calls on them. And if you're interested in uh, Jesus not being the typical nicey Jesus that we see portrayed in our culture, but actual the true Jesus who called out abuse, and he was not very easy with that at all. The words that he used that he absolutely hates this and what it does to people check out matthew 23 because it is not very easy to to hear the words that jesus says but yeah so you see you have the pharisees who are just burdening the people they're hypocrites they say do this but they're not doing that themselves and it's just a uh, that sense And know i'm repeating myself that they're not there for the people as you said jed they're not there leading the people to god Rather, it's kind of leading them to themselves for like dependent on them. And then they're just keep on burdening the people if in a very general view.
1: Yeah. And that's that's um, part of the uh, spiritual abuses, the overwhelming sense of like condemnation or as I would describe it, trying to drive through fog. There, There's two things. Um, one, just I actually flipped to Matthew 23 as you were kind of talking about um, that. And I would encourage you to to look at that but the one thing i want to come back to is the hypocrisy that jesus is calling out but before i do that before i comment on that um something that we see earlier in jesus's earthly ministry um is it seems to me that there was patience towards the pharisees i mean john chapter 3 there's nicodemus uh he he comes to jesus in the night because he's he's curious but my point is um, there seems to be uh, Jesus being very patient with the Pharisees trying to uh, give them opportunity to repent from um, their their ways or their way of thinking of God and then near the end of Jesus's earthly ministry and of course he has the uh, ability to to know people's heart, to know whether or not they will or won't change, to know that they are not hearing uh, his words. So he he knew, he knows everything. But my point is um, that Jesus was patient with the Pharisees. He, in my opinion, he he was gracious towards them. But the hypocrisy of the Pharisees just continued to blind them. And this is to me where I really wrestled through the spiritual abuse that we see within church. When leaders uh, are unable or unwilling, and and I want to say it this way, like they are truly unable, or they're unwilling to acknowledge the hypocrisy in their own lives, because every single person has sin in their lives. Every person, there there will never be a day that goes by that we don't, uh, even Alex, you and I, and, and positions of leadership that God has given to us. There's never a day where we will not. Sin, where there is never a day where we do not need the grace of God, and what seems to be, I'll say, more evident is when people are um, resisting that or they don't see their need for grace, then they can become more uh, controlling or they become um, more oppressive um, because they don't see their need for that grace each day. Um, and, and I don't just mean, uh, that we need, uh, that, that we, that we sin because we commit sin just to be clear, but there are sins that we do by not obeying the commands of God. Those are the sins of omission, not doing what he's asked us to do, not demonstrating the love to our neighbor that he calls us to have, not loving God first with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Um, there are sins that we commit through omission, not just the act of Sin, um, but that hypocrisy, Alex, that really resonates with me because I know that there are pockets in my heart where um, you know I don't realize that I'm uh, a, a hypocrite, and yet I don't realize that yet because I haven't. Um, you know, God, God is continuing to reveal that to me, and and I know that's true because of the other areas of hypocrisy that He has exposed to me and continues to work me through i just i'm not uh at a spot spiritually where i'm able to process that yet so he hasn't revealed it that's my that's my uh my 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 two cents to that yeah that in the correlation with the pride
0: and the blinding and the the hypocrisy um and i just i i just think again and again uh the gospel that will keep us from from going down that direction because we understanding we are sinful. Like we are completely dependent on God's grace. Um, Martin Luther, he once said that he, he was asked like, why, why do you preach a uh, big word justification by faith? Meaning why are you teaching uh, that you, you are married right with God? You're forgiven by faith alone, Christ alone. Uh, why do you teach that every week? And Martin Luther said, I teach justification by faith every week because my people forget justification by faith every week. And I, I, I absolutely love that cult the idea on two fronts. One, we forget it because we, we tend to start moving back to works, righteousness that we, that we need to do these things in order to be right. Kind of like with the Pharisees that we, we need to do these things, uh, whether that be, then we condemn ourselves that we feel guilty that we are not right with God because we're not perfect and we're not keeping God's law. But that is true if it wasn't for christ and so in that sense but also the the other sense um that we begin to think that we are better that we we don't need justification by faith because we we have it together we are keeping these things and so that's where the pride comes but yet we preach justification by faith every week uh as martin luther said we preach the gospel that we are all dead in sin that as you said jared the uh, judge said the um we're we sin every day, yet that's why we need God's grace. And He is gracious. He is forgiving. He is merciful.
1: That's a great uh, transition to uh, where we'll spend the last few minutes of the show um, talking about. Okay, so Alex, we're we're in a spot. Let's say for for the listeners' sake, where we uh, experience forms of spiritual abuse at the church. Um, you know what? What can we do? How how can we um, you know, process through that because the last thing we want to do is just encourage uh listeners to like say, Oh, you know what? I'm in a church that I, that I experienced spiritual abuse and therefore I'm just going to leave. Um, because the that that uh may be the situation that you're in, maybe you've uh tried to to connect with the person or the people who you're experiencing that from, and it just isn't the right uh place for you to continue in your spiritual development, but maybe you haven't yet. So what are some helpful things that we can do? And I'll take the first one um, and then kick it to you. But the first thing that I would say uh, we can do if we're experiencing this is to pray and pray for the people that you're experiencing spiritual abuse from. And the reason that this is so important is as we're praying, God tends to do uh, several things through that. But one, heal, soften our heart toward those people. And, um, you know, it may just be the grace that God gives to you that you're able to give to them that will help them to see what they're doing. But the other part is, um, as you pray, sometimes God gives you uh, insight into what that person is really experiencing um, in, in their life. And it may be through that prayer that you're able to like really connect with that person or minister to that person in a deep way. Um, But I don't want you to feel like I'm putting the ownership on you to do something other than pray for the person or people whom you're experiencing spiritual abuse from. But I know there's a lot of uh, helpful tips. Uh, So Alex, what, what other helpful tips could someone do if they're in a spot where they're experiencing spiritual abuse?
0: Yeah. And, and if if I do, like you do, just focusing on the person, um, as in the person being spiritual abused, whether it be you, is really trusting that the wrongs will be made right in the sense of, of justice. God, God sees it. He's not just turning a blind eye, even if everyone else, maybe people you've kind of reached out to, that maybe they've just not listened or no, that's not right, so-and-so. He's, a, he's a, a, a man of faith. He would never do something like that. Or, And you've reached out, And but God does not turn a blind eye. He sees it. Um, as we see, like in Psalms with David, when he was getting some serious uh, opposition from people, spiritual abuse, even if, if you want to use that, and he cries out, God just constantly crying out. And many times you see the next thing, and God answered. The Lord answered. But so know that god does not overlook it it may not seem like it's being resolved right now but god sees it and he knows it and it will be brought to account um the second thing with the same with the psalms is bringing it to god where many times david in the psalms goes on for the majority of the psalm talking about how he's in absolute anguish he's in pain he gets no sleep because he's crying all night and he goes on and on, and we can relate. We can relate so much with the Psalms. And then a lot of times at the end of the Psalm, the last like verse, two verses, he says, but I will trust in the Lord, but I will worship God. I will go at that time to the temple, and I'll be in his presence because he is my rock, my fortress. The, that, that's who I can go to. He is the God of my salvation. This is who God is. And So even in this absolute anguish, and we bring that to God, that we can go to God and find that comfort and that even joy in that time.
1: Wow. So a couple things, pray, uh, spend time with God in his word. I mean, those are some things that I've heard. And, um, and I would also say at some point, um, being able to approach the person or people in a one-on-one situation and, um, very cautiously, uh, offering how you feel, Uh, when, when you're treated a specific way, but um, it's really hard to know when that's appropriate and when it's not, because if, if someone is um, oppressive toward you, they, they may not be in a spot where they can hear your, your heart and handle it well. So um, I think that in the shows to come, we can process through that a bit more on how to handle spiritual abuse, um, when, when we're experiencing it from people in leadership, but for now, uh, we, I would say I feel very comfortable and confident saying one pray to seek, um, God through his word, Alex, any other, uh, comments about that before we wrap the show up?
0: Yeah. Uh, if I can just add here, um, as you said, Jed, we can, the Pharisees can get a very bad rap, but they, they're historically their first intention was good. And in the same way, um, to some extent, we are the Pharisees that we are, we are, have been, maybe even presently, are in that position that we may be without even knowing spiritually abusing someone to some extent. And so, as we 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 focus on what's been done to us, but also realizing the other side, um, that, that reflecting on ourselves, okay, but well, what about to my kids, to my spouse, to Sunday school class, whatever but just realizing that we also see ourselves in the Pharisees and to some extent. um, And that's where we go back to the the gospel. We'll preach justification by faith every week because my people forget justification by faith and just the, um, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ and coming back to, to there's forgiveness. There's forgiveness in Christ, even when we are in that spot of the one doing the wrong.
1: Wow. That's a really, really good way to end it, Alex. Um, as always, I deeply enjoy the opportunity to try to help bring health and restoration with you to, um, to people who are considering leaving church or who have left church, just that there, there is hope and the bride of Jesus is still worth, um, giving our lives to. So it's been a joy to, to cover this with you today. God bless. God bless.